0: Welcome to CryptoSapiens, a show that hosts lively discussions with innovative Web3 builders to help you learn about decentralized money systems, including Ethereum, Bitcoin, and DeFi. The podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only, and it is not financial advice. CryptoSapiens is presented in partnership with Bankless Dow, a movement for pioneers seeking freedom from the limitations of the traditional financial system. Bankless DAO will help the world go bankless by creating user-friendly on-ramps for people to discover decentralized financial technologies through education, media, and culture. Hello and welcome back to Crypto Sapiens. I am thrilled to again bring you a special feature. We recently traveled to New York to attend NFT NYC and the various DAO-related events being hosted that same week. Today's episode features conversations with some of the speakers and guests at the Dow Planet NYC event. Dow Planet NYC presented an opportunity to connect with the top thinkers and operators in the Dow space. The two-day program encompassed legal structures and considerations, tokenization and tokenomics, regulatory implications, governance and strategy, and so much more. We hope the conversations we captured give you a glimpse into the diversity of topics and people at the event. So without further ado,
1: let's get started. Yeah. My name is Jared. I'm a co-founder of something called Incred. We bring your verified professional achievements onto the blockchain. And today I'm here mostly representing LexDAO, which is a guild of legal engineers talking about how your DAO still needs an operating system, even with the blockchain, even with tokens.
0: That's wonderful. So tell me a little bit about like what you're going to be talking about here, maybe expand on it a little bit for those of uh, the people that couldn't make it. And then maybe we can build out from there, like in terms of maybe some of the challenges that you're seeing in terms of like uh, the the, the services that you provide and some of those needs as well.
1: Sure. So DAOs have two operating systems is the way that we see the DAO and what we late last year, we rebuilt our own operating system. They have the new cool computer operating system that's automated. That is blockchain based, obviously, but they still need the second old fashioned people operating system, the people OS. And so what that is, it's foundational materials, mission, vision, values, things like that. It's a planning system, it's an execution system and some DAO specific features. And so we went through this process starting last year at LexDAO and into early this year and through the community, through voting, bringing everyone with us. And we rebuilt our system. We A lot of the mission, the, the like the foundational materials were already there. We didn't need to redo everything. But what we realized is that we had an amazing amount of people joining, like super talented people, lots of them. And it was just fantastic. But we also felt we just weren't getting enough done. And so we what we did is we looked at it like, what do we do? So we built in some execution system, like how to request money, how to do governance, redid our token, and created a lot of documentation. And through that, as I'll do in my talk today, we've had tons of projects launched in the last six months because they can now follow these steps. They can get onboarded and they can launch under the Lexdown umbrella. So they get like a head start to entrepreneurship by launching under our, under our project.
0: That's wonderful. So if there is anything you'd like people to take away from your
1: talk what would it be I think the point is that you may think that DAOs can run themselves like DAO right they stand for something decentralized autonomous DAOs are not ready to be decentralized or autonomous some can be closer than others like if if you consider bitcoin a decentralized autonomous organization it's pretty decentralized pretty autonomous even the taproot upgrade there required some human interaction that and that's as far as i guess most of them still need real people doing real things making decisions documenting things onboarding processes all that kind of stuff So the big thing that I'm going to talk about today and the the real push is that just make sure you don't ignore that stuff. And this applies to every, I've been on the exec team in lots of tech startups and often they don't do these things that well. And no matter whether you're at a tech startup or a DAO, you've got to have the systems to help to achieve your goals, to say what the goals are and how you get there and all that kind of stuff. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. My
2: pleasure. Thanks for having me. Uh, my name is Adam Miller and I'm the founder of MiDAO, M-I-D-A-O, which is a legal entity solution provider for DAOs. So we helped pass a law in the Marshall Islands that created a new type of legal entity. It's an LLC that's made for DAOs and DAOs don't have to make the kinds of compromises they do with other legal entities around the world. Um, I got into this because I was working on DAO technology and trying to identify what the biggest challenges were for DAOs and what we keep coming coming across was actually the legal entity problem was one of the biggest challenges they were facing. and seem this seemed like a really good way to help solve that problem. Um, here at Dow Planet NYC today, I hosted a panel and gave a talk called What You Don't Know About DAOs. And I talked uh, with the panelists about like what are the things that people who are starting DAOs might be surprised to hear based on what they're seeing out there on the internet. So one example of that is how many DAOs do you think there are? And I'll bet most people would say what they've seen on deepdow.io or maybe in the media, there's about 5,000 DAOs. Well, we took the 200 DAOs that we've worked with so far and tried looking all of them up on DeepDAO and found that 96% of them were not on DeepDAO. So if you flip around 96% and multiply it by 5,000, you get about 85,000 DAOs. So I argue that there are not 5,000, but instead almost 100,000 DAOs out there today. A lot of them are startups, right? It's like the equivalent of three people in a garage. Now it's like 10 people spread out around the world starting a DAO. Um, So they're early stage, but there's a lot more DAOs out there than people think. And it's just growing so extremely fast. Um, I also announced my new podcast. It's called Just Dow It. So check it out. I'm going to be talking about um, similar issues that are affecting DAOs, things that we're really going to try to dig into uh, our guest experience with DAOs, starting DAOs. What were some of the common challenges they had? What were some of the solutions, their advice, recommendations, favorite tools, least favorite tools, pieces of information that will help you start and operate a successful DAO? So if there was
0: one thing you wanted uh, people to take away from your talk, what would that be?
2: You know, my number one recommendation, and I don't even think I got to say this during the panel discussion because I I let the other panelists talk, but um, DAOs need leadership and management. And maybe that sounds obvious, but a lot of the DAOs that I see uh, operating today, all the people came from crypto. They're technologists, they're engineers, they're uh, Web three enthusiasts. You don't have a lot of like MBAs and like former CEOs and um, you know people who have like management experience, leadership experience, organizational design, organizational psychology, all these things that are really important in a traditional organization are important for DAOs too. And I'd say DAOs mostly are not thinking about these. Things. So, you know, it starts with simple things like um, what's your mission? What's your vision? What's your, you know, something like a constitution, right? What's the purpose of the organization? Where have you captured it? Values, culture, right? How do you create a, a, a consistent and positive culture that helps the organization achieve its mission? So, a lot of DAOs don't have these basic things, let alone some kind of process or hierarchy or just something. It doesn't have to be top down. It doesn't have to be centralized, but it has to be something that allows a large group of people to operate in concert towards a common goal. And that's what a lot of DAOs are lacking. I think what's going to be really exciting is people are coming into this space from the traditional business world, you know, leadership experts. Just today, we met a couple of leadership and management experts who are bringing their firm into the DAO space with a DAO called Talent DAO. And they're going to help teach DAOs how to do these things right. All right. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Yeah. Thanks, Amit. Thanks for having me. So, uh, my name is Eric Hill. Most
3: people know me as Rotorless. Uh, I got my start in the DAO space uh, at Bankless DAO originally, where uh, today I'm still the ombudsman and uh, I work at the governance solutions engineers problem. But outside of that, I
0: belong to a number of projects and I'm a practicing crypto lawyer. Great, so uh, walk me through some of what you've been experiencing here and some of the things that uh, have resonated with you so far.:
3: Yeah, so it's really great to be back at an event, like in a whole event week like this, and where you run into familiar faces and you see the changes that occur over the period of three to four or five months. And something that's resonated me with me the most on at, at this event here in New York City is the number of people that I have run into uh, taking alumni photographs on the rooftops of buildings at lunches, meeting them for the first time, who had either been in Bankless or continue to be there, but have used the skills and the knowledge they learned there to leverage it into full-time work, make a transition into the space. Um, and whether that's at Polygon, whether that's at other DAOs starting their own DAOs, whether that's at Crypto Mondays. Uh it's 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 really really noticeable. And uh it feels great to be part of that. And um and uh that's what sticks out at me the most.
0: So you talk about Bankless DAO as this almost facilitator to people who are coming into DAOs to learn about the DAO ecosystem, find their footing. What do you think makes Bankless DAO so special to have that type of role? I
3: think it's because their fundamental mission is to equip people with the tools necessary to participate in Web three, and sometimes people can view that as well understanding how to use a wallet and, and get a token. But there there's a lot more to the Web three than that, and the the DA, you know, how DAOs function, how how they dysfunction, uh, you know, the 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 pros and cons, the frictions, the the non frictions, and to a certain extent, it's it's big enough, and there's enough going on that uh, like if you're in a small DAO, you, you can only really learn one way. And uh, so maybe the size of it, the scale and the number of people that are continuously coming in, asking questions that have to be re-explained uh, over and over and over again and, and and the number of people that have the answers. And so it really makes it a, 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 a well of knowledge. It's a great training ground. I wish, uh, I think in retrospect that all those people remained. Uh the truth is is there's probably not enough space for everyone and it is just great to have this uh alumni network and 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 to start to see so many people um like you and I only met in person for the first time a couple of days ago and we took a photograph at the polygon uh with all
0: ex-bankers people and uh it it, 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 it you, you just can't miss it. Yeah, well, thank you so much. I appreciate you kind of re- you know connecting with me while you're here, but also giving me a vibe back to like why I'm also a member of Bankless DAO.
4: Yeah, it's been great, and thank you very much. So I'm Eric Tung. I am the founder of Familio, which is a new layer one that's focused on being minimal, trustless, and governance-free. I'm here to talk about um, governance outside DAOs as a threat against governance inside DAOs and how that could actually affect your DAO's autonomy. If you know a layer ones governance tries to subvert your DAO, or if um, some token that your DAO holds, maybe die, um the DAO that controls that token could also subvert your DAO and things like that. Because I feel like the main appeal of DAOs is its autonomy, the idea that its governance is only decided by its members and not by anybody else. And I feel like um this sort of we need to think of ways of defend this autonomy uh, against governance outside the doubt. Lots of new technologies and techniques such as immutable layer ones and privacy and um, threshold cryptography and stuff that could really enhance that autonomy and would like to just ra- raise some awareness t- to those technologies.
0: So walk me through some of those challenges, some of those risks, maybe briefly, and how maybe the project that you're working on could potentially solve some of those challenges. Definitely. So um, for example, one of the big challenges is
4: um, what if your layer one has governance, right? So all the major layer ones now have pretty intensive governance, especially kind of the general purpose blockchains like Ethereum and Solana, as opposed to blockchains like Bitcoin. Um, And once we have this kind of layer one governance, you essentially have a DAO that can overrule your DAO at any time, right? So I mean, Ethereum's original kind of most controversial governance choice was to overrule a hacked DAO essentially. although. You know, you can debate the legitimacy of that, but I feel like, um, if we imagine a world where DAOs are much more influential and much more kind of socially consequential, then, um, a lot of interests that have stake in layer one governance would have interests against DAOs on that layer one. And, um, then you, you might end up in a very, um, very tricky situation where you think that the DAO's members control the DAO, but it's really the layer one, um, governance DAO that finally calls the shots. And so for this particular problem, I think what I'm working on can help because I'm developing essentially a blockchain engineered to not need governance and essentially be socially ungovernable. The idea is that you have a minimal general purpose blockchain designed for layer twos, designed for rollups and that kind of thing. And the idea is to develop an ecosystem where you can't coordinate governance on layer one and you don't need to. Kind of like how we no longer govern the basic internet protocol. We're still using IPv4 from the 1980s and we've been trying it to replace it with IPv6 from the 90s for like 30 years and it's not working because it's deeply embedded into the protocol stack. And I want to build a blockchain that's um, similarly deeply embedded so that kind of at the root of everything is something that's governance-free. And then you can build your governance-full structure on this
0: governance-free substrate. Amazing. So you're talking about this uh, tomorrow. So if there was something you would want uh, the people that are listening to take away from that talk, what would it be? Yeah. Yeah.
4: Basically, think about who gets a, who actually has the votes in your DAO outside the people supposedly in the DAO. Amazing! Thank you so much.
5: Thank you too.
6: My name is Lisa Woken, and I'm a founding member of
5: Talent DAO. And I'm Sarah Samfeld, and I'm also a member of Talent DAO.
0: So, what is Talent DAO?
5: Talent DAO is basically a
6: group of organizational psychologists conducting research on the DAO ecosystem to help DAOs thrive.
0: Amazing. So you were speaking here on stage. Is there anything about what you talked on stage that you would like uh, anyone listening to know about what that was, what it was about?
5: We were, first of all, super excited to be here. And there's two things that we talked about. I think the first one, which was today, is what mainstream organizations can learn from DAOs and what's like really distinct happening in this space from the perspective of a lot of trends shaking up organizations these days, as we all know, whether it's remote work, changing borders, new ways that companies are coming together and what people are looking to for them. Are they moral actors, for example? In terms of what DAOs um, can be teaching to the mainstream that they really have to pay attention to, there's all sorts of things, but it's like, hey, how do you define work that's worthy of a bounty? Or how do you become a digital flash mob and actually get started so very, very quickly for a very focused purpose? Um, tomorrow, we'll also be talking about leadership in DAOs. And for that, I'm going to pass it over back to Lisa.
0: Amazing. So talk, talk to me a little bit about what that talk's going to look like.
5: So I'm so excited because it's
6: actually reflecting some very active research that we're doing at Talent DAO right now. Basically, the talk, which is called Leadership in a World of DAOs, is focused on trying to first define what is leadership and what does that look like in a DAO context. Then it's also looking at what have we learned from the past 25 years of research that's been conducted on these forms of shared, distributed and collective leadership that DAOs can really learn from and stand on the shoulders of those giants but then also active research that we're doing to interview DAO leaders and really take a look at what does this look like in the context now? And how do we help people become better at exercising effective leadership practices?
0: Amazing. So sounds like there's a lot that was being discussed today and will be discussed tomorrow. If there was something you wish that someone who was listening to these talks in the audience could take away from it, what would that be?
6: I think I would just share that there is an actual difference in the shift from a web to traditional organizational context to the mindset of web three and DAO leadership. And the way I break that down is basically by saying it's all about mojo over ego.
0: I like that. Anything else
5: to add? I love that also. So I will add in my appreciation and that like it's a community of fellow explorers. There are a lot of people who've been here for a long time and feel confident in the language and the space. And I can't tell you how many people I sat next to who were like, I just moved from this to this in May and I'm learning these things or I'm, you know, figuring out this language, but I'm fascinated in this part. So I think it's a really open community at this point.
0: Amazing. Well, thank you so much both for coming on and sharing a little bit about what you're doing here.
5: Thank you. Thank you. Cheers.
7: Sure, thanks for having me. So my name is Alex, I'm co-founder of Clearverse. We are building the DAO working platform, helping DAOs to acquire talent, contributors to earn with DAOs, but at the same time, build their professional identity with our proof of talent.
0: Amazing, and so what are
7: you talking about here at this venue today? I am talking about actually with the podcast host in a panel about, well, professional reputation, reputation in general, Web3DAOs identity. SBTs and VCs probably will be mentioned too.
0: Yeah, that's a hot topic. So tell me a little bit about reputation and uh, how CleoVerse sees that.
7: I think reputation is context specific, but what professional reputation means is we want to actually figure out your truthful skills, truthful expertise. We believe that the results that you have delivered in the past, they represent them in the best possible way. And we want to capture that data on the chain, build your professional identity based on that so that you can actually show who you are based on what you've done and what you've achieved, not who you know or which kind of status you have.
0: That's amazing. So if there was one thing you hope people took away from your talk today, what would that be? That
7: your wallet will be your resume and you can actually showcase the actual work with results that you've done in a quantifiable way, in a verifiable way in that resume. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. My
8: name's uh Justice. I go by Zero X Justice online and in the metaverse, right? And um I came here to Dow Planet because I, you know, there's so much you can focus on web three. There's tokenomics and the, the, the culture and all this, and I want to make the most impact. So I really try to mega dial in on core DAO tooling governance and the utility there. And uh this Dow Planet is right after nft nyc and so this is heavy on the how do nfts play into governance and you know i'm coming to some stronger positions on how important that is and so two days coming out here in a big
0: apple and uh eating it up. It's really great. Well, now you, for anyone that doesn't know, and I know you, a little bit about you because of the, your work at Bankless DAO and also your writing, you say you're kind of eating all, all up. There's kind of this bridge between NFTs and DAOs. What are your takeaways from both events so far? Um, My
8: big takeaway is... um and I hope this doesn't come off as negative and some people have said it, they said the narrative have, of DAOs has outrun the utility or the usefulness and there's a side of us that wants to say, hey, this is the future, it's the future and I believe that, I am a believer 100%, but we cannot be self-deceived and understand there are deep issues to resolve and we're almost kind of quiet about it and it's it feels really liberating to meet with other people and them share like, hey, we're struggling with this too and you're like wow, I actually feel really good because we struggle with that too and as soon as we can be open about that we can come connect on like some possible solutions you know i
0: uh, well i i think the market can affect some of the sentiment and some of the narratives too and so i can see why maybe some people are talking about it that way but absolutely i agree with you i think this is a feature so i'm really excited for the same what are some of the things that you would hope that some people take away from this event where you've been at um i would say
8: um, the the, the The narrative of how you found and launch a DAO is growing in more sophistication. And whereas not long ago, the idea was launch a fungible token, uh, spin up a Discord server and you're rocking and rolling. It's coming far more complex and saying, you know, that's not the first step. And you can, you can kick this off with lower hanging fruit of uh, NFT access. Uh, cycles and and building community and 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 non fungible tokens and build up a treasury through those dynamics and build up to the more sophisticated treasury management and liquidity and and avoid a lot of the regulatory and technical difficulties with that and so coming from a background of agile software delivery of incremental improvement this scratches my brain where I where I really like it you know. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. Thanks. Thanks so much. It's awesome
9: seeing you here. My name is Adrian Kennedy. I go by A over K on all of social media. And I'm here representing Mentors, which is an educational platform that helps artists and creators and businesses get onboarded to crypto, NFTs, DeFi, etc. And then we help them launch projects by building technology. And the other project that I'm representing is called DTC. That stands for the Dow Treasury Corporation. And what it is is a fintech platform and product that helps Dows get banked. And so we help them go through the entity formation process, help them get bank accounts in the US, and then also uh, we want to move up the ladder to provide them additional banking services, card services, uh, collateral banks, lending, et cetera.
0: Cool, so tell me a little bit about maybe some of the challenges you've seen in terms of getting Dow's bank and like the uh, really, what is that desire from Dows? Is there a demand right now for that, too?
9: Yes, there is a demand right now for that. And I think the demand is going to grow in the future because one of the biggest problems that a lot of organizations have is that they have a lot of assets, but those assets are trapped on chain. And so we do recognize that we still live in a real world where, you know, you have, Um, For example, like LinksDAO, they want to buy a golf course and that's going to need some insurance and payroll, etc. People want to buy real estate. People want to buy intellectual property and other goods and having fiat and having. Some presence in the real world, even if it's not hundred percent of your treasury, uh, just having just ten to fifteen percent uh, definitely gives you a footprint in the real world, and also adds legitimacy in uh, capital preservation plans and business continuity plans by having uh, some of that treasury um, more stable than than normal, especially with the collapse of U.S. Terra, uh, different stable coins uh, unpegging, and you know wanting to minimize some of that risk. So. So
0: what has uh, the response been for uh, for DTC when you explain the product to Dallas, uh during this event?
9: Yeah. And I mean, the response has been very good. So we have a, a wait list now where we, we have people just go ahead and sign up for that at um, the DTC And the response has been great. I mean, we talked to DAOs and they understand uh, the importance of having a a U.S.-based entity and making sure that from a a statutory and regulatory standpoint that they have the presence that not only allows them to get banked, but then opens up the world to overall capital markets, venture capital, um, capital raises, et cetera. And then if they want to move up the ladder towards issuing security tokens and all of those things, uh, we can have conversations about that as well. Amazing. Well, thank
0: you so much for joining us and sharing a little bit about what you're here doing. Awesome. Thank you.
10: Hi, my name is Maya Keitesi Lipin. I am a Rwandan-Canadian artist. I am the creator of the first traditional Rwandan Imigongo, um, as well as the founder of the African Artists Coalition. I created the uh, first Imigongo traditional Rwandan art NFT as an attempt to plant a flag um, in an industry where the, a lot of African artistry is either being reproduced by non-African entities or... Um, undervalued, so to speak. So I created that um kind of as a guinea pig for my collective, right? And the African Artists Coalition, we are a collective of artists, developers, curators, just all around art lovers from the continent and the diaspora that are centered not only on the heritage celebration, but also on cultural preservation through the lens of the digital landscape. So basically, um, this was inspired by finding some old files and archives after my my mom passed away about four years ago from breast cancer. She was an amazing Rwandan woman and a big part of the understanding behind my Rwandan cultural heritage as a first generation born outside of the continent. And I didn't know what the paper said. Right. And so I went on a pilgrimage back to Rwanda and met my cousin and showed them the papers and they were like, oh, my God. Your mom went back nine generations, starting with her great grandfather. So I am one of the very few Rwandans who was able to go back that far and understands and knows every single person in her lineage, both on the of uh, per- uh, maternal and paternal side. So being multicultural and also being Canadian, it was a piece of cake finding it on my white side, right? So like my family's from France and we went back and we can find that ancestry.com and all of the, all of those things, but Africans generally speaking that um heritage, history, culture or alpha is lost once the people are gone if it's not saved in a tangible way like scraps of papers that you find in your mom's folders right so how do you protect that moving forward how does five six seven generations from now how can you hold on to your legacy and the accuracy of what is non-tangible information in your family and how do you extrapolate from the family model to the country continental and just african artistry as a whole so i'm really passionate about discovering all of the little different ways like minting family nfts um and, and protecting time capsules and you know it's just so much i could talk about it all day but um if you're interested in learning about it more uh, please reach out to me at at M-A-I-A-L-E-P as in Paul, I-N-E, Maya Lupin on Twitter. And I'd love to elaborate more about what we're doing. We're also looking for a fiscal sponsor. So if you are here to support the cause, please let me know. We're a legitimate entity and we have a DAO that'll be backing us soon.
11: Thank you. I'm Jen Sinassi. I'm a content director at Windranger Labs, which is a core contributor to BitDAO.
0: Amazing. So, explain to me a little bit about what that means and what is BitDAO.
11: So, wind, I'll start with Wind Ranger Labs. We are the lab. Okay, let me start from the beginning. We are a lab that contributes to to the BitDAO ecosystem. So, there are many DAOs in BitDAO's ecosystem and autonomous entities. And Wind Ranger acts almost like an accelerator, an incubator, and even in some ways a little bit like an agency to help get autonomous entities off their feet. BitDAO, on the other hand, is An investment DAO. We look for amazing entrepreneurs, builders in the space. We look for other autonomous entities and we partner with them strategically and can also fund them to help build out Web3.
0: So tell me a couple of the maybe DAOs or NFT projects that you have heard about while you were here that really kind of intrigue you. And as someone who maybe is working in one of those two projects uh, really makes you want to learn more.
11: Hmm, a DAO that's really intrigued me. Okay, I actually have to say, I just hosted a panel and there's this wonderful woman named Alicia on the panel. She has a project that she's building called Disruptor DAO. And, you know, that project is really near and dear to my heart because she's working on getting black and brown women into the crypto space and providing financial accessibility that a lot of these women have never had before and never thought that they would have in their lifetime. So I am really excited about that project.
0: That's exciting. Well, thank you so much for
12: sharing.
11: Thank you.
12: My name is Alicia Holmes, also the Wealth Whisperer. <laughs> um, the project that I'm representing here today is the Disruptor DAO. And the Disruptor DAO is about disrupting the wealth gap for women of color, particularly black and brown women, and onboarding women into the web spa- Web3 space, having them see the opportunities, investing in innovative technology but also uh being creators in the space looking at potential professional opportunities in the space and um really having the world understand a bit more about this crisis state of emergency for people of color and particularly women of color in terms of the wealth gap, which is, um, I can throw out statistics, the average net worth of black and brown women is around $5 compared with white women, which is around 41000 It was a huge study done in Boston by the Federal Reserve of Boston. They researched what is this wealth gap? And they found that white families had an average median net worth of around 240000 k. And I have people guess what what it was for Black families. It was actually $8. And people thought that it was a typo. And so it's a state of emergency. Um, Everyone who's studying it is thinking, how do we address this? And I feel like we have some solutions on how to address it.
0: That's incredible. So I mean, I really appreciate a what you're doing, but also the way that you're kind of framing this right that this is a state of emergency. What are some of the uh, processes or kind of vehicles that you your your organization provides to start facilitating that like revolution for women of color?
12: Okay, so through my uh, journey to wealth, I started an organization that's all about creating communities of women supporting each other to understand wealth, uh, understand the world of what it is to be in a wealth building game, because very often generationally that has not been passed down to us when you're in the wealth building game, almost always someone came into your life and taught you a different paradigm. And that was my experience at night, nine, at 19 years old, someone came in and told me, well, I'm going to change your world around this. You got to manage your money, you focus on net worth, not on income and invest because saving does not build wealth. And these are some smart ways of doing it. And I, because of that, Early in life, I was able to become financially independent by the time I was in my early 40s, and I get to teach other people to do this.
0: That's incredible. Well, thank you so much for sharing.
12: And uh, if there's one takeaway that you hope people took away from your talk today, what would that be? That it is very important to understand that the wealth gap is in a state of emergency and to whoever is listening who has some power to address and get on board with supporting um, eliminating this uh, wealth gap and creating more opportunities for women of color.
0: And that's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed these candid conversations from Doubt Planet NYC. I'd like to thank the people and projects who shared their time with me for this episode. To learn more about Doubt Planet and to access the full archive of their event, please go to doubtplanet.org and on Twitter at Thanks for listening to Crypto Sapiens. If you enjoyed this episode and would like us to do more of this, please follow and message us on Twitter at CryptoSapiens underscore. We also would appreciate it if you would give us a five-star review wherever you enjoy your podcasts. It costs zero dollars to you, means the world to us, and helps others discover this content too. You can also find more conversations like this one by visiting our archives on our website at cryptosapiens.xyz. I look forward to reconnecting with you at our next discussion.